Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So today, we're going to be talking all about colorless decks. Uh, Colorless decks did not have very many options for commanders until really like the past year. Um, There's currently 14 options for colorless commanders, uh, and five of them were printed since this time last year. Um, so it is a growing field. There's certainly more options than ever before. And so we want to take this episode to go through some tips and tricks, uh, some suggestions for how to build in this very unusual color identity. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits, including ad free episodes for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, with that, um, let's jump right in. And I want to start by talking about uh, what I think are like the main reasons to build a colorless deck, aside from just choosing your commander. Um, but there are some colorless payoffs, or, or rather, like cards that uh, encourage you to build your deck with as as many colorless permanents as possible, as few colored cards as possible, something like that. So uh, the way I see it, there are five-ish like main types of payoffs that we're going to be talking about here. Um, the first one I want to talk about is uh, something that was actually printed fairly recently. It's Forsaken Monument. So mm-hmm. for those who aren't familiar with it, uh, Forsaken Monument is a five mana legendary artifact. Um, it was printed in Zendikar Rising, and it has whenever you tap, uh, whenever you tap a permanent for C, so for a colorless mana, add an additional colorless mana. Colorless creatures you control get plus two plus two, and whenever you cast a colorless spell, you gain two life. So it's a mana doubler. If assuming like all your lands tap for colorless, which is likely the case in a colorless deck. Um, and it also gives a significant buff to your creatures. So that's a pretty good reason to, to play colorless. Um, do you have any thoughts on Forsaken Monument or, or do you want to read off sort of the next type of reward for colorless decks? Yeah. I, well, I, I do want to say one thing about Forsaken Monument, which is that um, it gave me a lot of hope for the future. And we'll talk more about that as the episode continues in regards to like colorless and rewarding colorless, um, because it basically is like the perfect colorless reward. So, um, like more mana, bigger creatures, like all, like all the good stuff, you know, all the resources. So that said, um, these next ones also interact with that. So I think this next reward, um, is one that, uh, is, maybe more negative in the way that forsaken monument is more positive more additive to the game but it's two cards in particular that are board wipes that are just absolutely brutal which are all is dust um and also ugin the spirit dragon the og big daddy eugene so do you want to talk about the uh, advantages of these guys sure um so uh both of these are fairly powerful cards um, they're also fairly expensive cards. So uh, All is Dust is 7 mana. Um, each player sacrifices all permanents they control that are one or more colors. Um, 
And then Ugin the Spirit Dragon is an eight mana uh, legendary planeswalker Ugin with seven loyalty, plus two, deal three damage something, minus X each, sorry, exile each permanent with converted mana cost X or less. That's one or more colors, and then minus 10, an ultimate that doesn't matter. Um, so for seven or eight mana, uh, you can either force the sacrifice uh, of all colored permanents or exile permanents with like up to exile colored permanents uh, with mana value up to seven. So both of these are really, really effective at uh, clearing the board of pretty much everyone else's permanents. But in a in a colorless deck, you're, this will likely not hit anything of yours. So it's a very powerful uh, asymmetrical board wipe. Um, so I think these two are fantastic reasons to commit to colorless and, and really not have any colored cards in your deck. Um, but again, these are, as, as Zach mentioned, these are sort of a, a negative reward in that... Yeah. They're, they're just tearing down other people they're not building up your stuff which which honestly like if in the the best case scenario right like you cast your all is dust your board is untouched and then you like kill a player right like so not to say that like negative rewards are always like negative play experiences but just popping an all is dust when you don't have any permanence or something is probably not like the most pro-social <laughs> thing you can be doing you know Mm-hmm. but yeah that can i get into uh the next category i guess this yes, one is go for it uh yeah this is pretty i think when i think of colorless commanders this is the category i think about a lot <laughs> so this is like basically huge mana the game over the years has printed a lot of cards that generate a lot of colorless mana in particular because colorless is a little bit safer to generate you know like obviously still helps you cast big spells but you're still going to need your specific colors to cast your specific whatever you're doing but in colorless when you don't really care you you can kind of just generate as much mana as these permanents will give you and there's three in particular that uh just absolutely wreck the any mana tempo you know like any type of clock out of the water um which are do you, do you want me to read them off or do you want to get into them uh you can go for it yeah so the there's there's three mega big ones so the first one is metal worker so metal worker on its own is just kind of uh just kind of bonkers so it's an artifact creature from uh, Urza's Destiny it costs three mana. It's a one-two uh, construct. It says tap, reveal any number of artifact cards in your hand. Add two colorless for each card revealed this way. So I don't know why. Growing up, I thought this just you had to spend that mana on artifacts. You you don't. <laughs> you can just spend <laughs> it on whatever you want, and it's two per card you reveal. So if that is three artifacts in your hand, that's six mana. So you on turn four presumably have nine to ten mana <laughs> on board uh kind of wild um it more cards means more mana so just absolutely wild um this is some of these cards are a little expensive which we'll get into too but the next one is mycosynth golem so mycosynth golem is a golem 
um, but it has affinity for artifacts. So the initial price tag on the card is 11 um, for a 4-5 golem artifact creature, but uh, obviously costs one less for each artifact you control, and says artifact creature spells you cast have affinity for artifacts. So this was from uh, Fifth Dawn. Uh, has been, I don't know, I'd say a staple of artifact decks, colorless decks since Commander existed. Mm -hmm. Um, Very cool, very big card. Just drop your entire hand at a certain point. The last one is Mishra's Workshop. So um, Mishra's Workshop is kind of a, um, like, a legend amongst old magic players it was only printed in in antiquities it's a land it says tap add three colorless mana to your mana pool uh you can only use it to cast artifact spells so uh this this one in particular will run you up a pretty penny i think the cheapest version i've seen lately was like over two thousand dollars yeah but but that's a crazy amount of advantage. You can kind of see that like, and these are like the three best that's not counting like Thran Dynamo. That's not counting like any of the Hedron archive variants, you know, um, any of the grim monoliths, basalt monoliths, monoliths in general. Um, colorless is very, very good at generating mana. So, um, I don't know. What would you like to, to add to this? What do you want to say about it? Uh, just that like, so I, I think that it is worth noting that um, these insane ramp options, especially like Metal Worker, um, are part of what makes them so good is that like a lot of the colorless decks tend to build into ramp of some kind um, because like, as, as you mentioned, there are a lot of powerful mana rocks uh, in this color identity. It's kind of the only thing you're really good at is ramping. So these decks are looking for really expensive cards to ramp into. Um, you know, you're, well, we'll get more into those later. Yeah, but the point yeah. is like ramp is especially useful because that's kind of the only thing this color can do. So these are, are um, really helpful in just like getting your hand onto the board and getting like the big haymakers down. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think with that, I'm going to move on to the next like colorless reward. Um, this is mystic forge. Uh, so mystic forge is a four mana artifact. Uh, it has tap pay one life exile, the top card of your library. Um, you can look at the top card at any time, and then you can cast colorless spells, uh, or sorry, let me word this correctly you may cast the top card of your library if it's an artifact card or a colorless non-land card it's kind of a future site but only if you've got a lot of colorless and artifact cards in your deck unfortunately you can't play lands off the top with this so like 40 percent of the time it's going to be um it's it's going to be a blank but it does have that ability to like exile the top and uh, prune away those cards a little bit so, uh, but another good reason, like with the right run of cards in a row or like li- library manipulation effects, um, you can get a lot of value off of this really easily. Um, and that is great in a color identity that's not very good at drawing cards. Uh, this is a, a pretty good band aid for that problem. 
you have not seen a Mystic Forge in action, it's pretty wild. Um, it's it's funny because it works in the rules with like morphs and stuff like that too. So that's mostly where I have played with it. But um, it is absolutely bonkers. It's basically anyone who's seen a future site like go off is basically Mystic Forge coming down way earlier, way easier to cast and also helping you along the way with that exile clause, that like little tap ability. So just wild. But yeah, there's one big, huge reward for going colorless. Do you want to mention this last one? Uh, yes. So this, this card is Darksteel Forge. Uh, it's a nine mana artifact and uh, artifacts you control are indestructible. So this is especially useful because, uh, well, colorless lists, there's almost no sorceries, almost no instants, um, very, very few planeswalkers, only a handful of them, uh, basically no enchantments. Uh, so what these deck lists tend to look like is just like lands and artifacts. So this makes most of the permanents, well, I guess lands, artifacts, and Eldrazi. Um, but this makes most of the non-land permanents in your deck uh, just indestructible. And it's a great outlet for all the ramp that you're running in your deck. Um, so it tends to fit pretty well with what you're trying to do. And also, like because there's not a lot of card draw in colorless lists, there's often an issue with like, Okay, I play out my hand and then uh, I've got nothing in reserve so that if somebody wipes the board, I'm just out of the game. But, you know, with a Dark Steel Forge, it's going to be a lot more difficult for your opponents to wipe your board. And so you're a little bit more resilient to just getting blasted uh, to the Stone Age. Which will happen. You know, I mean, that that is the, I think, the main downside of Artifactless is kind of you're mentioning just easy to blow up just every well not every color but most colors have something that really will mess with your plan and uh, whether that's like a black creature board wipe or like green white and red just messing with your stuff so yeah dark seal forge very powerful uh and just probably one of the best things to tutor for in these colors if you can manage and there's a, there's a few ways to do it, but I want to ask you, um, what do you think are the best colorless commanders right now? Because there's not a lot, but there are some that are that are probably you know ahead above the other ones. Well, I'll say um, the most the most popular legendary uh, colorless card or colorless com- creature right now is. Um, Kozilek, the Great Distortion. So the all the legendary Eldrazi are like fairly similar in their play patterns in that like they all require you to go hard on ramp. Um and they the game plan is usually just like kill somebody in two hits once they hit the board. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Kozilek the Great Distortion is notable um for the fact that Kozilek 2.0 is notable for helping you refuel after you like dump all your mana rocks in order to ramp him out. Um, so he will draw you back up to seven cards. And then uh, he also gives you access to stack interaction by with his activated ability that lets you discard cards to counter spells with the same converted mana cost or rather the same mana value. Mm-hmm. So 
he's uh he gives you two things that are extremely rare in this color identity um and in addition to that it's just like an enormous beat stick that can kill your opponents in two hits so that's a very strong one uh i think it's certainly one of the better of it's probably the best of the legendary eldrazi um but in addition to that there's also uh liberator urza's battle thopter this is one that came out in uh, the brothers war this is one i was pretty high on it grants yeah. all your colorless and artifact spells flash and it itself has flash uh, it also has a mechanism for growing over time it's relatively cheap costing only three mana so this is a great way to uh give yourself like reactivity um because again colorless decks have almost no instance um and then it also gives you a bit of resistance to board wipes in that you can wait until your opponent's end step in order to commit more cards to the board. And so you have a little bit more time to use your things before your opponents can just Vandal Blast them away. So the third Colorless Commander I want to point out is Graz. This is another very new one coming out in All Will Be One. Graz Unstoppable Juggernaut is 8 mana for a 7-5 Juggernaut. Um, Juggernauts you control attack each combat of Fable and can't be blocked by walls. And other creatures you control have base power and toughness 5-3 and are juggernauts in addition to their other creature types. This is pretty interesting. It's sort of like a, a potential finisher for a go-wide strategy. So very different gameplay style from the other colorless commanders. Um, and there's really not a huge amount of pump in this color identity. So that's something that it offers that otherwise is a little difficult to get. So. I, I like all these three. Uh, do you have anything you want to add about these commanders, or do you want to call out any of the other colorless commanders? No, I. Uh, I mean, the only one I would actually call out is uh, Traxos, just because to me, like uh, the question of uh, Voltron and colorless is pretty interesting, and uh, he's an undercosted fatty with evasion. Uh, that interacts with a lot of what Colorless is doing, which is really interesting. Artifact, big creature, um, mana untapping, you know, so that one I think is interesting. Um, but that said, like you do have more experience in these, uh, in this situation than me. So I want to ask you about mana at this point. So what is the situation with mana bases and like, specifically wastes so you you've played colorless decks before at, le at least one and i would like to know your experience with wastes as uh, a condition for mana and mana ramp possibly all that kind of stuff with colorless decks how do you feel about them so uh, i will say that like one of the major strengths of colorless decks is that you can run if you want to you can run 100 percent utility lands um so even though there's a lot of disadvantages to this color identity, you have like way, way, way more value out of your mana base than any other deck. Um, so that is nice, but there are a couple of reasons to put at least some wastes in your deck. Um, so if you top, toss in a couple of wastes, then you've got access to like Burnished Heart as another potential ramp option. 
if you have a lot of cheap creatures or if your commander is something like a hope of gear or a liberator you can run like a sword of the animist as an additional ramp option um there's also like canoptech wraith which is kind of like the uh store brand burnished heart uh yeah, and if you want sure to at home <laughs> yeah exactly um and then there's also like the opportunity to do like crucible of worlds and then some kind of fetch uh obviously like you wouldn't be able to run like misty rainforest to get your wastes but you could use like a prismatic vista or a fabled passage or, like a terramorphic expanse or an evolving wilds so that that is a potential engine for your deck um and some of those fetches have like some of those fetches have like pretty low opportunity costs like prismatic vista not a huge burden to run that and there's opportunities for synergy there like sometimes your deck wants more shuffle effects um sometimes you can copy the activation that kind of thing um so that's kind of like the that's the argument for running just like a few wastes like you know less than 10 uh there are only a handful of there's only like really two or three reasons to run a significant number of wastes. And that's if you're doing something like a, um, like scepter of eternal glory is basically a Thran dynamo that only works when you have, um, three lands with the same name. Endless Atlas is two mana artifact that has two tap draw a card, activate this ability only if you have, uh, three or more lands with the same name. Um, so there's a couple cards like that. Um, I, th- I think like maybe extra planar lens might also be able to help out in that situation. Uh, yeah, so extra planar lens, you can imprint one of your waste, and then whenever a land with the same name as the exile card is tapped for mana, its controller adds one mana of any type that land produced. So that's potentially a mana doubler if you're really heavily invested in wastes. But I think that just getting a ton of utility out of your mana base is generally worth a lot more than the the handful of cards that care about having lands with the same name uh i Mm -hmm. I think that like in most decks unless they print a commander that like really changes the equation you probably just want a couple to activate like your your few ramp cards yeah i get that i feel like um that's probably what i would end up doing also, you know, unless um, I was going to try and do one of those like funny, big mana ones. Do, can, can I ask a question? Does like Caged Sun work? It, I guess I'm going to look this up right now. Uh, I don't believe so because it forces you to choose a color. Oh, it chooses yeah. a color. So then Gauntlet. Yeah, so uh, Gauntlet. any of those work? So Gauntlet of Power uh, would not because that also requires you to choose a color. Yeah, so something that I think is really interesting about colorless is we've gotten like a third of the colorless commanders that exist within the last like two years. So that also means we've gotten more stuff, more ways to end the game, more ramp, all that kind of stuff. Do you want to talk about developments in colorless? Yes. Uh, So this is specifically, I want to talk about um, some new bombs Bombs that have come out recently. Yeah. Yeah. So. As you mentioned, like colorless decks tend to default to ramp decks. Um, and for a long time, it was like the kind of ramp targets or, or rather like the, the haymakers that you were ramping into 
were kind of static. It was just, well, you're probably running the legendary Eldrazi. You're probably running Blightsteel, Ugin, the Spirit Dragon, all his deaths, as we mentioned. Um, has all been a bet among the like best colorless bombs for years. But I really did want to call out that like Portal to Phyrexia is, I, I think, on that top tier of colorless bombs. Um, so Portal to Phyrexia, for those who aren't familiar with it, um, is nine mana for an artifact. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices three creatures. And at the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It's a Phyrexian in addition to its other types. So gives you that immediate value uh, and then has like sort of long-term value as you're reanimating the best card in yards every turn after that. Um, so I, I think that like that is a, a pretty compelling reason to like build this ramp package into your deck. And then another one that's like also recent, not quite as good is uh, Cityscape Leveler. This is 8 mana. Sorry, this is 8 mana for an 8-8 artifact creature construct. It has Trample. When you cast this spell and whenever it attacks, destroy up to one target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a tapped Power Stone token, and it has Unearth for 8. So this also like gets some immediate value, gets some long-term value, has a little bit of resiliency. Um, it's not as impactful as Portal to Phyrexia, but it being a creature gives you a couple more levers and hooks to, to build around it with. So just wanted to call those two out as like new additions to the, the canon of like strong colorless haymakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, and they certainly do. <laughs> they certainly do haymake, you know? Um, all right. So I guess with that being said, so now we kind of know some like bigger things that have happened. What are some like tips, tricks, what are the keys to success you think people would need to keep in mind? Um, like we talked about some payoffs. Do you want to kind of organize this based on, um, let's the... talk a little bit about like the, the, how you are ramping into those payoffs. Oh, um, sure. Absolutely. So, uh, if if you're trying to get to those high-end colorless payoffs, like we just talked about, um, you're likely running a number of mana rocks in your deck. Um, and a lot of them, and basically like something you should keep an eye out for is how many of them tap for two or more mana. So of course there's, you know, Soul Ring, Worn Power Stone, Thran Dynamo, Gilded Lotus. Um, there's some more expensive options like Mana Crypt, Mana Vault, Metalworker, Grim Monolith. Um, there's some newer things. There's like the Might Stone and Weak Stone. Um, there's some higher, some more expensive like mana rocks like Chromatic Orrery, Dreamstone Hedron. But the point is like you're running a bunch of these, you know, Palladium Merb, Assault Monolith, like one of the many, many like Sisse's Ring variants, like four mana rocks that tap for two. Um, but the point is once you have like a critical mass, then it opens up some more options for you. So let's say you've got like 13 or more mana rocks that tap for two or more mana. That'll give you an 80% chance of drawing one in, your, in the first four turns of the game. Um, and so once you're like consistently uh, finding these cards, then you can run things like Voltaic Key or Manifold Key. Um, these are one mana artifacts that have one tap 
untap another target artifact. So you can then, although in the case of Voltaic Key, it can untap itself, but essentially the same thing. Um, and the great thing about them is like, once you have a two mana rock on the board, they're free the first turn you cast them because they'll pay for like the cost to cast it and the cost to, to activate it. Uh, and then every turn after that, it's just adding an extra one mana for you. So it's like an efficient mana rock. Um, and of course, like if you have something that taps for more than two mana, like a Thran Dynamo, a Gilded Lotus, a Chromatic Orrery, then you're netting even more mana. So I really like these two. Uh, they're, they're mana rocks that not everyone thinks about because they only get active once you cross that threshold of having enough other cards that they work with. But those are something to really keep in mind. Um, another key that I want to talk about is Moon Silver Key. Uh, so Moon Silver, Silver Key is two mana for an artifact. Uh, it has one tap, sacrifice it, search your library for an artifact card with a mana ability or a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. So one easy use of this is like it's another copy of whatever like your favorite mana rock is. You can get a Soul Ring, you can get a Thrine Dynamo, whatever. Um, but it's also worth noting that it can get some of those colorless rewards we were talking about at the top of the episode. Um, it can get a metal worker if you want to go really big with your, your artifact mana production. And it can also get a forsaken monument, strangely. Um, I love that about so, it though. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. We mentioned that this in the, um, in the set review for midnight hunt, but if so the ability on Forsaken Monument that whenever you tap a permanent for colorless, add additional colorless mana, that counts as a mana ability. Um, so you can actually find your Forsaken Monument with your Moon Silver Key if you want to find it more consistently. Because there, there's not a lot of great ramp or not a lot of great tutor options in this color identity, and sometimes it gotta be clever. Um so those are like three cards I just wanted to highlight as like enhancing your ramp options that folks might not think about all the time. Uh, but I want to move on from mana rocks to just like the mana base. So let's talk a little bit about lands. Um, tell us some of the, the best colorless utility lands. And so these aren't lands that just purely tap for mana. Like Ancient Tomb is obviously very good, but I want to focus on really the strength of colorless decks, which is that you can fit so many lands that do things in deer deck yeah yeah absolutely and i try to shove these into just decks in general <laughs> they're mm -hmm. like these these are some of the best things to do so the fact that it's zero opportunity cost to do so like it's you're not even ruining your colors mm, just you know chef's kiss beautiful wonderful so some of the best utility lands you could be running i mean the first one and honestly pretty easy to get going is field of the dead so Field of the Dead enters the battlefield tapped, and then whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, as long as you control lands with seven or more different names, you get a 2-2 two -two black zombie creature token. Um, I'm pretty sure most people listening have seen this card in action. Ruined a standard for a little while. Uh, Golos was uh, quite a menace with this card. There's a lot of ways to abuse it, and you can just don't even need to think about it. Like, you are absolutely unless you're doing like 30 something wastes like you are absolutely going to get seven or more 
lands with different names in your colorless deck and it doesn't even like tax you on the mana so definitely one of the top ones the next ones are all in the same category so i'm gonna list them off but i would literally just play all of them these are the uh, land destruction lands so that's your strip mine variants uh, which is strip mine wasteland which hits a non-basic tectonic edge which hates a non-basic if you have enough or if your opponent has enough lands demolition field uh, blow up a land and then search for a land to replace it both you and your opponent and then dust bowl um, which is three it taps for a colorless and has three tap sacrifice a land destroy target land love me some dust bowl wonderful incredible card um demolition field uh in particular is one of the reasons that you could run just a few ways you know you have your demolition field you pop it you uh blow up their land get a waste trigger your field of the dead like and that's all just in your mana base (laughs) so pretty wild um the other one too that you can get going because it doesn't cost you anything is the um oh now i can't remember the name of it you can get loops with Dust Bowl and the land that enters the battlefield from your graveyard. What was that called? Oh, uh, Drownyard Temple. Yes, Drownyard Temple. Uh, so Drownyard Temple was just this goofy rare land from Shadows Over Innistrad. Um, it taps for a colorless. Uh, it does not enter tapped. It just taps for a colorless. This is three return Drownyard Temple from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So that works pretty well with Dust Bowl. It costs you literally nothing. It costs you literally nothing to run both of those cards. Um, so there's another classification of cards. These are tutor lands, which, uh, honestly we, we got one of the two of them very recently. So the first one, the one we got most recently is Urza's saga. Um, I really don't feel like I need to discuss the, um, how good Urza's saga is. We've done that (laughs) a few times on the show before, but I'll read it off really quick. Um, Urza's saga is an enchantment land. Urza's saga uh, it has three chapters. The first chapter, Urza's Saga gains tap, add colorless. The second chapter is Urza's Saga gains two, tap, create a zero zero construct. Uh, so it's an artifact creature that's as big as the amount of artifacts you control. And then chapter three is search your library for an artifact card with mana cost zero or one. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. And notably, this is not an X artifact. You cannot get something that costs X. Uh, you do have to get something that costs zero or one. Um, the other one is Inventor's Fair. So Inventor's Fair, um, honestly, they just need to reprint a bunch more times. <laughs> it's like this card's so good and not even busted. Um, Inventor's Fair is a legendary land. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more artifacts, you gain a life. It taps for a colorless mana. And it says four, tap, sack Inventor's Fair, Search your library for an artifact card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. Um, activate only if you control three or more artifacts. So it's a, it's a metal craft land technically, but back when they weren't willing to say that at the time. Uh, I feel like if we get a reprint of Inventor's Fair, they might fix that, but who knows? Um, both of these cards, absolutely bonkers, right? Like, get whatever you need. Find your soul ring, find your uh colossus hammer for your traxos you know what whatever is going on here mm-hmm. um both of these cards can really make things happen uh the next ones are uh basically like lands that are guys man lands whatever um colorless has i think the most in its color identity available to people um 
so this is basically I'm just going to list them all out. This is like Mutavault. Uh, Mishra's Factory is the classic one, and Mishra's Foundry is the newer one. Um, Blink Moth Nexus becomes a 1 1 Blink Moth, and Ink Moth Nexus becomes an Infect version of that. All of these playable, easy to use. Um, last few, I'm going to go through them pretty quick. So, Blast Zone and Underdark Rift are ways to put like removal in your land base. Um, both of them spend some mana, do a thing, blow up a bunch of stuff. Uh, the Mycosynth Gardens is really, really interesting. So this is um, this is one of the ones that we got uh, in All Will Be One. So we've been talking about it a little bit. Might be a little fresh in your memory, but it is a land sphere. It taps for a colorless. It has one tap at a man of any color and X tap. Mycosynth Garden becomes a copy of target non-token artifact you control with mana value X. So double up on your Thrain Dynamo, double up on your whatever non-legendary thing you got going on pretty crazy a lot of value in one place um war room is probably the funniest one out of all of these because uh it was made basically to reward the less colors you have and obviously if you don't have any colors then it's the best for you so war room reads tap at a colorless uh three tap pay life equal to the number of colors in your commander's color identity draw a card so this is just three draw a card or three tap draw a card in a colorless deck uh, I've been playing War Room in a lot of decks. I really like it. And the last one, classic Hall of the Bandit Lord. So it enters tap, um, and you can tap it, pay three life to make a colorless mana. If you spend that mana on a creature, it gains haste. Um, so those are some of the best ones. That was a lot of talking on my part. <laughs> most of you listening are going to know most of these um, just from your own decks, but... The fact that you could just literally jam every single one of these into whatever colorless deck you want, huge, huge, huge selling point. So yeah, um, I, I want to highlight a couple things here. Um, so first off, like Field of the Dead, it's really excellent in colorless decks because you know, unless you're going ham on the wastes, uh, pretty much every land in your deck is going to have a different name. So it it's something that naturally happens. You don't have to force it. Um, it's pretty easy in in this type of deck. Um, and then a lot of these deck, uh, a lot of these like categories of cards, like the, the strip mine variants, um, the tutor lands, the removal lands, um, all of those like sacrifice themselves, uh, in order to do their thing. So they add a lot of value if you're like putting a crucible in your deck, even, even if you're not trying to do like crucible fetch engine, you know, when you've got your two tutor lands when you've got your two removal lands when you've got your five or six uh like strip mine variants then that's pretty darn close to a critical mass of just cards that interact well with crucible um so something to keep in mind and like a reason to put crucible in more of these colorless lists and then one last thing i wanted to say regarding these utility lands is uh as i mentioned earlier like a, there's a lot of just like big legendary Eldrazi heading these colorless decks and most of them like kill in two hits or or maybe like maybe not quite two hits but you give them like just a, the tiniest push and they'll do it so Hall the Bandit Lord is like really essential if you're trying to get the Voltron kill with your Kozilek with your uh, Emrakul 2.0 something like that so important it's it's definitely less important if you're trying to do like a, a liberator list or uh 
something like that. But for the big boys, you're you're probably going to need it. Okay. Uh, last section I want to talk about before we wrap up this episode is traps. Uh, these are things that like people might try to put in their colorless decks, uh, but which don't work for yeah. one reason or another. Yes. Don't um, do it. Don't don't do it. <laughs> uh, do you want to read off the first trap? Yes. So, I mean, this is a very simple one. This is the Urzatron lands. And especially, especially that weird Urza land from what would Dominary United or something like that? Oh, yeah. Like, you want to hear something like really disheartening? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, so, Urza's yeah. Workshop is the card that uh, Zach was referencing. That's the, the land Urza's that taps for Cullis and has Metalcraft tap, add Cullis for each Urza's land you control. Activate this only if you control three or more artifacts. Uh, that's actually in 60% of uh, the colorless decks built since it was no. released. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes. Uh, so that's uh, clearly people are, are trying to make the impossible happen there. But, you know, we just listed off so many good uh, utility lands that you could be running in your colorless mana base. And to like cut any of those cards we just mentioned to try to fit three or four Urza lands in your deck that are basically just like wastes that don't interact well with your burnished heart. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think is a, a real huge waste of space, and it's like uh, you're kind of squandering one of the main advantages you have when you're running a colorless deck, which is your ability to get useful effects out of your lands. And of course, I just want to make it clear, like the reason that the Urzatron like doesn't work, the reason that the Urza lands like are not going to uh, perform for you is that you are, well, you're running a 99 card singleton deck. The odds of drawing them all over the course of the game are not high to start with. You really don't have a lot of card draw in this color identity you also don't really have much in the way of tutoring so mm -hmm. you don't have like any of the traditional routes you would use to like try to assemble what is basically a three card combo so it's almost never going to be the case that you get all three urza lands or all four urza lands and you just tap for a million mana um, they're basically always going to tap for a single mana it's i've seen people assemble urzatron in colorless but it was specifically late game in a causalic the great distortion deck where he'd been cast like three or four times mm -hmm. so you can imagine the the churn through <laughs> there you know like this wasn't like cast from the command zone either they had an erratic portal and would like erratic portal is four mana artifact that has a one tap return target creature to its owner's hand unless its controller pays one um, so they just kept bouncing their Kozilek at the end of someone's turn and casting it again to get a bunch of cards. So, you know, if you have something like that going, of course, you're going to see most of your deck, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I absolutely just do not do this. The other one, a two. So we were talking about tutors and land fetching and stuff like that. There is a fetch in this, uh, color identity that most people kind of gravitate towards, um, which is, I mean, we talked about mirrored landscape, right? Did we mention that already? Uh, we haven't mentioned it today, but okay. there's another episode in which we mentioned it, uh, which was with yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> with uh, Charlotte Sable. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the reason that Myriad Landscape is a trap is because of the way it's worded. Um, so uh, Myriad Landscape is a land that enters the battlefield tapped. It taps for colorless mana and has two tap sacrifice Myriad Landscape. Search your library for up to two basic land cards that share a land type. Put them onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. Uh, so wastes do not have a land type. It's just basic land, nothing. So you can't, uh, the way magic works is two things which don't have something can't share it. She can't share that property yeah, with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, Myriad Landscape just doesn't work in a colorless deck, unfortunately. And yet we see a lot of people who try to put it into their decks. So keep an eye on that. It's a non-bow. doesn't belong in your colorless deck. Um, yeah, you do get one land. <laughs> that is true. One, but you're not ramping. You know, it's not fulfilling its purpose as a colorless, like, get two lands card, you know? Mm-hmm. That is a good point. Um, all right. Do you want to close this out with the last uh, genre last of, traps? of traps? And I, I think that, like, some of these nobody would try, but I'm pretty sure I've seen people try at least one of them in colorless text before. Absolutely. I definitely have seen at, at like probably a few of these tried before. So um, these are specifically a class of cards that care about your commander's color identity. Um, so I'm going to mention Arcane Signet, Commander's Sphere, Path of Ancestry in particular. Um, you look at them and you go, ah, yes, of course, I could run these. These are still mana ramp. They add a color of my color, like commander's color identity. Um they do not work <laughs> if you are uh, playing a colorless commander and you try to tap your commander sphere to make a color. Well, it turns out it is not, so it does not. You know, it's just not doesn't work. Sorry, um, you do need to have a color to make a color sometimes. So do not run these. They are not good. They're not worth it. And obviously, like you do have access to better stuff anyway. The one, uh, the other one that where this is uh, extremely relevant is command tower. Um, this is the one I'm not quite sure if we've seen it. I, I've definitely seen this on Arena where someone was playing a... Put a command tower in their colorless deck. Yeah. Yeah. And it it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. But um, I don't know if I've ever seen that in person. Yeah, me neither. Um, but I have seen some of these. So keep an eye out. Those are like the main traps you got to look out for when building a colorless list. Uh, I know this is kind of a, a, we got through a lot of information very quickly in this episode. So I'm sure that some of you out there like have more experience with colorless decks than we do, or there's just something that we didn't really expand upon that uh, you think we could have touched on more. So please let us know if you've got your own tips and tricks for colorless lists, uh, hidden gems, cards that people are, maybe not playing right um, or just like general strategies for building colorless. Uh, I think that'd be really fascinating. So let us know and we can uh, touch on it in a future episode. But that is the end of what we're going to be talking about today. And before we go, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, the White Clays, Hannah, Andy, James, ben, Bryce, Benjamin, Kyle, Brandon, Kaidel, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Andrea, Vasilios, Logan, Frugal Brutal, Carl Oscar, Danny B., Jean-Francois, 
Drew, Recta, Nick, Cameron, Valerio, Zach, Quincy, Carrie, Stephen, the Longs, and Vincent. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron, but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at commander theory. And on Twitter, I am at fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commander theory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think.